I know, I said the Halloween episode was going to be the last episode of season one, but then I got a special request from a dear friend who's going through a rough time with her little one. She asked me to record this, which she proclaims to be the, quote, funniest shit she's ever heard. I'll let you be the judge on that, but I will say this. If Mrs. Fishbaum and I can give just one overwhelmed and heartbroken new mama a few moments of joyful distraction, then our work here is done. So, without further ado, I bring you The Misadventures of Mrs. Fishbaum. Some women have perfect pregnancies. They glow as if they've swallowed one of those will-o'-the-wisps from the movie Brave, go for long, smug walks, and eat mixing bowls full of salad while laughing. And then there are pregnancies like mine. After two miscarriages, I thought I was a pro at handling the morning sickness, having puked my guts out for three months solid both times. But while my little sea monkey blessedly did not make a dramatic exit at the end of the first trimester the third time around, neither did the nausea. It did get a bit more manageable over time, less surprise puking in public, more eating saltines in bed and not giving a fuck about the crumbs, but it never really left. Some women in their third trimester look like they are trying to shoplift a large melon. I looked like Humpty Dumpty, having gained 70 pounds despite all the puking. Still not sure how I pulled that one off. Some women have beautiful home births that feel like orgasms. I've seen the videos. I had every intention of having one of these, and even had a birthing tub set up in the living room. But then my little gymnast surprised us all by turning herself breech after 36 hours of labor. So, we rushed off to the hospital in the middle of seafare traffic, not recommended, by the way, for an emergency C-section. So I'm not sure what gave me the idea that, after all of that, breastfeeding would be a walk in the park. I thought Aria would just smell the milk, squirm her adorable tiny body over to my ridiculously enormous nipple. Seriously, you guys, those things looked like thumbs right about then. Latch on perfectly and get all the nutrients she needed to grow and prosper. Instead, we descended together into an infernal abyss of mutual misery in which she screamed incessantly from hunger and frustration. And I cried and pumped and pumped and cried, desperately trying to make enough milk to meet her needs. Eventually, we were rescued by an angel named Hana, with much milkier memories than mine, who generously donated bags of precious white gold to supplement my own. But in the interim, I experienced some of my darkest days to date, sitting on the couch and pumping for hours on end with just a few minutes rest in between. I looked and felt like a milk cow, like a pathetically underproducing milk cow. To keep myself from diving off the deep end of sanity, I did what I do best. I wrote. I set up a Tumblr account and created a character who was the polar opposite of how I felt at that time. A fearlessly sassy, delightfully insouciant individualist with a razor-sharp wit. And I called her Mrs. Fishbaum. Mrs. Fishbaum was more than just a much-needed distraction. She became a sort of talisman, an imaginary frenemy through whom I could live vicariously joyfully flipping off the world with one hand and holding a giant glass of Chardonnay in the other. In fact, I dressed up as Mrs. Fishbaum for Halloween when Arya was just a few months old. 
I found a gold lame jumpsuit at Value Village, and the rest of the outfit fell into place quite naturally. You can see the pics in all their bizarre glory on my website, thatsallowed.com. The Tumblr still lives for now, so feel free to go experience the misadventures of Mrs. Fishbaum in their natural habitat. But because I know you're busy, I've taken the time to read them out loud so you can enjoy them while pumping, jumping, or slow roll speed bumping. May Mrs. Fishbaum save your sanity as she did mine. Satisfaction guaranteed. At first, Mrs. Fishbaum thought she was taking advantage of the no-questions-asked money-back guarantee on sheer principle, not because she was in any way unsatisfied. But as she was removing the UPC symbol from the package, that picture of the well-muscled, flannel-shirt-clad brawny man grinned out at her with a competence that bordered on the erotic, when suddenly she realized just how unsatisfied she really was. Ritzing it up. As far as anyone could tell, Mrs. Fishbaum had thrown the party for the sole purpose of trying out the suggestion as to how one might ritz it up on the back of the box. The cheesy tuna tomato melts weren't so bad, but the zesty roast beef bites were a veritable crime against nature. The doctor's note. The conversation had barely begun when Mrs. Montgomery launched headfirst into a rant about the whore who had the nerve to show up in that skirt. Wasting no time, Mrs. Fishbaum reached into her faux sway handbag, pulled out a thrice-folded sheet of institutional-looking stationery, and handed it to Mrs. Montgomery. Curiosity having won out over annoyance, Mrs. Montgomery unfolded and read, To whom it may concern, L. Fishbaum suffers from an underdeveloped gossip gland. Please excuse her from this conversation. For a moment, Mrs. Montgomery simply opened and closed her mouth like a deeply offended goldfish. Then she offered her objection. This is signed Dr. Who. But Mrs. Fishbaum was already walking away. A dog named Sue. Sue, the Shih Tzu, was not, as Mrs. Fishbaum liked to pretend, an artifact from an ill-fated previous marriage. She purchased the shaggy little terror herself, in hopes that it would keep her kitchen floor clean. By the time she realized that Mop Dog was simply a derogatory nickname for the breed, it was too late. She was stuck with a yappy little rat. The wrong idea. I would do the dishes, thought Mrs. Fishbaum, but that might give my husband the wrong idea. Recycling Day. Mrs. Fishbaum was about to hit snooze for the third time when she remembered what day it was. Thursday, she thought, sitting bolt upright. Recycling Day. She was still zipping up her favorite pink tracksuit as she tumbled out the back door into the alley. Success! The truck hadn't come yet. Still catching her breath, she looked left and right, tiptoed over to the neighbor's recycling bin, and fished out last month's issues of Cosmo for the perfume samples, People for the gossip, and Martha Stewart Weddings, just because it was there. The name game. Ladies, Gloria grinned, holding up Mrs. Fishbaum's purse, left unattended on a rare solo trip to the powder room, as a man would a four-foot carp. Place your bets. Although it was widely agreed that L, as Mrs. F was given to introduce herself, was not her given name, theories abounded. Estelle, said Mrs. Larson, laying a crisp $20 bill on the table. Penelope, barked Louise, slamming her money down. Emily, Gloria winked, explaining, I once overheard her husband slip up and call her M. But once the wallet came out, there was no winner. And privately, not one of them could come up with a better nickname for Muriel.
R.I.P. It wasn't just that Mrs. Fishbaum's dress was a hideous hybrid of the scarlet crinoline nightmare Lydia Dietz wore at her wedding to Beetlejuice and the lacy pink potato sack Andy Walsh wore to the prom in Pretty in Pink. She had worn worse. Yes, even to a funeral. The main issue was the length. Poor Reverend Walters. Every time he said eulogy, it came out eulegy. Masterpiece Theater. They can't all be masterpieces, declared Mrs. Fishbaum. It was unclear whether this statement was in reference to the pot roast she had just served or the drier shrunken sweater she had repurposed into a jaggedly cut skirt and droopy arm warmers. Either way, Mr. Fishbaum offered no protest. Cal gone. Sinking into the fragrant, slippery suds, Mrs. Fishbaum couldn't help striking a melodramatic pose and thinking, Calgon, take me away. But then she immediately amended it to, Actually, Calgon, you can leave me right here. Just give me a couple million dollars. I can take care of the rest. M's motto. If you asked Mr. Fishbaum, as nobody had ever bothered to do, he would tell you that Mrs. Fishbaum lived her life by this simple motto. If at first you don't succeed, cry, Cry like Miss America being tiarinated until someone else does it for you. The main issue. The first thing most people noticed about Mrs. Fishbaum was her hair. An unnerving combination of uneven finger waves and a self-propelled mass of bozo-esque frizz. It looked as though it must surely have been the result of a terrible accident involving a crimping iron, an entire bottle of home perm solution, a fork, and a light socket. There was even some speculation among the biddies as to whether or not there were small animals nesting in her dew, but it did make her easy to locate in a crowd. The blame game. I didn't say it was your fault, Mrs. Fishbaum yelled in the general direction of her indignant husband. I said, I blame you. X marks the bald spot. Isn't that your ex-husband? Mrs. Fishbaum asked Louise in a scandalized stage whisper, apparently referring to the balding, bespectacled Jew who was awkwardly exiting a hot pink VW New Beetle outside the window. Louise rolled her eyes. Wait till you meet his new girlfriend. She's so young, she thinks Newton is German for imported Newton. Abysmal. Mr. Fishbaum considered, for a brief moment, the option of attempting to talk his wife out of this, her most recent ridiculous notion. But having long since retired from that occupation on the advice of his doctor, he bobbed his head in a well-rehearsed cadence and forced his mouth to pronounce the words, Great color for a bathroom, pink. Mrs. Fishbaum handed him the can of paint triumphantly. Soothing, he went on, like Pepto-Bismol for the eyes. Enough, Frank, Mrs. Fishbaum frowned. And, with a small and private smile, Frank silently agreed that it was enough. It was just exactly enough. Monday. There were days when Mrs. Fishbaum was utterly convinced that her life was, in actual point of fact, a series of farcical vignettes, strung together without much rhyme or reason by a bored and benignly sadistic writer somewhere. Today, however, was not one of those days. RSVP peeved. I'm so sorry, Gloria, but I've got a stomachache and I won't be coming to your garden party. There was a moment of chilly silence. Then, the party is next week. Mrs. Fishbaum made a failed attempt at not smirking. Did I say those two things were related? Retirement planning. 
Sometimes, sighed Mrs. Fishbaum, fiddling with a nail-polish-stained cotton ball between her toes. I wish Frank would cheat on me. So you can divorce his ass and keep the house, supplied Louise, with far too much enthusiasm. This pile of crap? No, Louise, because of Viagra. Who can keep up? My day. Some days, the sheer idiocy of the world was too much for Mrs. Fishbaum, and she would stay in all day, ensconced in a protective layer of things that make sense. Bedclothes, bubble baths, romance novels, chocolate. These days, she called Friday. Now, if only she could get her husband to stop letting Gloria in. Margarini? And then, of course, there was the time Mrs. Fishbaum got so spectacularly smashed, she thought a martinerita was a good idea. She poured her martini, olives and all, into a blender, and then insisted everyone at the party take a sip. It was unanimously decided that it wouldn't have been half bad had she remembered to remove the toothpick first. Oh, sweet lord! Mrs. Fishbaum nearly spilled her morning coffee at the spectacle of her husband sitting completely naked on the couch. Yes, yes, Mr. Fishbaum sighed. Such a scandal. A man sitting naked in his own living room. I mean, what would the neighbors think if they saw me like this? They would think, Frank, Mrs. Fishbaum replied, setting the coffee on its namesake table with a clanking sound intended to convey a lack of amusement. That I married you for money. Godly mess. Cleanliness, maybe next to godliness. Mrs. Fishbaum mused aloud to her captive audience of one, sued the Shih Tzu. But you can't spell sanitary without Satan. At the hardware store. I have a confession, Mrs. Fishbaum blurted out in the middle of the light bulb aisle. I only come here to show off my legs to sexy handyman types. A subtle smile toyed with Mr. Fishbaum's lips. Oh, Em, he breathed, placing a hand on her shoulder with rare affection. Why do you think I keep inviting you? At the Halloween party. What are you supposed to be? Asked a cat-eared, leopard-print leotarded Gloria, eyeing Mrs. Fishbaum with ill-concealed disapproval. Oh, I don't know, Mrs. Fishbaum replied, swirling her straw with equally ill-concealed insouciance. Someone who gives a fumbling fuck about this conversation? The cake is not a lie. Of course, the highlight of the Halloween party was when Gloria introduced Netta Finkelstein, recently widowed and reeking of sherry, to her recently divorced and alarmingly attractive neighbor, Elvin. Oi, God! Netta cried out, upper lip curled and hands clasped to her head. Listen, fancy face, why don't we both save ourselves some time here? I'll give you all the money I got in my wallet. Then you go and sleep with the youngest and prettiest girl at this party. Then have a heart attack and die. Meanwhile, I'll have another slice of sponge cake. Toesbusters. At the end of the night, the Ghostbusters theme came on, and the biddies who brunch hit the dance floor en masse. Watching their gyrations from a corner table, Velma de Grasse shook her carnival-masked head, muttering, Seven billion people in this world, and not a one of them has figured out how to give old white ladies rhythm. The Spoil Sport. As Mrs. Fishbaum reached for the overripe tomato in the hanging basket, the last survivor of the season, her husband recited patiently, Knowledge is recognizing the tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not splattering it against your neighbor's windshield just for kicks. Logic. I would agree with you, 
Gloria began her famous refrain with far too much pleasure. But then we'd both be wrong. Mrs. Fishbaum sighed. Well, Gloria, I would agree with you, but then we'd both be smug know-it-all bitches and I would have to destroy us. Good night. He was an aging, errant knight, in plaid trousers and a bad hat. And when he approached the biddies mid-brunch, he had admittedly been communing with a bottle of scotch before noon. But being a gentleman, he placed the aesthetically offensive hat over his heart and gave a stumbling little bow before he spoke. Ladies, he began a bit too solemnly, the thing about saving damsels in distress is that the ones worth saving, the ones worth saving, he looked as though his train of thought had been boarded by robbers and could not go on, are too heavy to pick up, Louise supplied rather optimistically. Remain dressed, Mrs. Fishbaum offered rather snarkily. Don't want anything to do with the likes of you, Mrs. Larson suggested rather harshly. Oh, I know. Gloria bounced in her chair and waved her hands, bracelets tinkling like wind chimes in a hurricane. It's, it's, the ones worth saving don't need to be saved. No, 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 no. The red-nosed knight shook his head. I remember now. The thing about saving damsels in distress is that the ones worth saving will beat the crap out of you if you try to get them into a fireman's carry. And then he passed out cold. Yawny. You know, Gloria, the thing about new age mused Mrs. Fishbaum, unintentionally harmonizing with a humpback whale, is that it's most appealing in old age. Thanksgiving. Oh, L, this gravy is delicious, cooed Mrs. Larson, spooning another heaping helping onto her mashed potatoes. What's your secret? You mean besides the fat in the MSG? Mrs. Fishbaum smirked. Her secret, Mr. Fishbaum jumped in, is that beneath this sarcastic exterior beats the heart of a woman who is truly thankful. There was a moment of sentimental silence before he added, for powdered gravy packets. The birthday card. Mr. Fishbaum brought in the mail, and, with carefully practiced nonchalance, pretended he didn't notice the large card envelope tucked in with the value pack coupons and current residence junk mail. With luck, Mrs. Fishbaum wouldn't notice until he'd gone to the bowling league. However, Mrs. Fishbaum couldn't be thrown off so easily. She sat at the table, lit a new cigarette, and plucked the offending card from the pile. God damn it, Gloria! She snapped while opening the envelope. I thought I made myself clear on this point last year. I'm not young enough to look forward to birthdays, and I'm not so old I need to be reminded of my age, so stop killing trees about it already. Stripograms only! Translation. What they said. Mrs. Fishbaum. Wouldn't it be nice to have a pool? Mr. Fishbaum. Hmm what they meant. Mrs. Fishbaum, I want a sexy pool boy, preferably Latin, who will ogle me like I'm the centerfold in a Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition. Mr. Fishbaum, excellent. I am now justified in buying a pool table on the pretense of having misheard that. Birthday brunch. Now, Gloria, began Mrs. Fishbaum, taking Gloria by the arm conspiratorially, I know this is a big birthday coming up for you, so I wanted to do something extra special. How about a fancy brunch? Oh, that sounds lovely, Al. Great. How many can you cook for? Gloria stopped cold. Me? You want me to do the cooking? Gloria, you know I can't cook. But what kind of a birthday present is that? Mrs. Fishbaum treated Gloria to one of her very wickedest grins before delivering her punchline. 
who said anything about a present. So there you are. Love her or hate her, I hope Mrs. Fishbaum gave you a moment of transcendence and helped you get up out of whatever crap it is you are wading through in your life right now. All I can tell you is, it will pass. Everything does, whether you like it or not. <laughs>